This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 147, Self-Love with guest Marcy Owen. Welcome to Building Resilience, a podcast where theory, practical strategies, and inspiring stories show you how to unlock your best life. I'm your host, Leah Davidson. As a certified life coach, speech-language pathologist, and nervous system resilience expert, it is my mission to teach you how to be more resilient to life's adversities. I will show you how to manage your mind, befriend your nervous system, process your emotions, and even eliminate stress. It's time to do more than just survive. It's time to thrive. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to introduce today's guest. She is a friend of mine. She's a fellow coach. And I also had the privilege of having her in my advanced training in nervous system resilience this past summer. So that was super fun to get to know Marcy Owen. Marcy is a self-love and confidence coach, and she lives in Utah. And I'm just going to turn it over to her so she can introduce herself a little bit more to us. Hey, well, thanks for having me today. I'm excited. I am a mom of three boys. They're all grown up. I'm an empty nester and I'm a grandma and I absolutely adore my grandchildren. And I don't think I'm old enough to be a grandma, but my age. (laughs) I don't think you are either. (laughs) Right. It's just kind of a weird thing. It's like, what? But it's the most, it's so awesome. I've been married to my husband for 38 years. You don't look old enough to be married 38 years. I yeah, we have. We got married on Valentine's Day, which is kind of fun. So romantic. Yeah. yeah. So like you said, I'm a self-love and confidence coach for women. And I'm also a coach for Jody Moore in her Be Bold program. And That's so great. I love doing both things. Mm-hmm. And I felt called to be a life coach. I knew right from the start that I wanted to help women. Mm-hmm. that walk around just wanting to feel like they're good enough. They just want to believe that, but they don't. And so I help them love themselves and come to know that they absolutely are good enough. Oh, and, you know, I went through my own journey of discovering that, that, you know what, actually I am good enough. And you know what else? I don't even have to be perfect to be that, oh. you know? I love that. Well, and that's why we brought you on because obviously the podcast is all about building resilience. And I think an important piece of building resilience is connecting with yourself and learning how to love yourself through the ups and downs in life, because it may be easier to love ourselves at certain times than others. So I'm so glad that you came on and you're going to share with us three lies that we tell ourselves. Three lies about self-love. I'm excited. I'm excited to see because I think that I probably believe these three lies like many people do. So take it away. Let's get started. Okay. So I believe that self-love is like the missing ingredient for a lot of women Mm -hmm. because we are so used to taking care of everybody else. We're nurturers. And then I've also found that many of us have some misunderstandings about what it is and what it isn't. Okay. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, like we're going to expose what those lies are. But first I want to start with 
a truth. And the truth is like how you feel about yourself either limits you or expands you. A hundred percent. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. And so a lack of self-love creates a lot of mental and emotional suffering. And like, not only does that lack of self-love affect you, but it 100% affects all your other relationships. Mm. Yeah. Right. So how you feel about yourself either limits you or expands you. Okay. And so well, as I talk about what self-love is and by exposing what it's not, then hopefully we're going to be able to, you're going to like the second lie. We'll talk a lot more about what do you mean limits and expand you? Yeah. Okay. So if we don't understand these untruths, mm-hmm. then we pursue something that we think is going to be loving and it's not. And then we end up thinking, well, it just doesn't work. Mm. Or we might have this set of expectations that we think that self-love is what it's supposed to do for us. But then again, we're actually misinformed. So I really want us to understand the differences. So the more awareness that we have, Mm -hmm. the more you understand the differences of what is is and is not, then it's going to be easier to relate to the concept of like, it's a concept, self-love is concept. And one thing that was kind of like a bit of a mind bender is to understand that you can actually have a relationship with yourself. Yeah, that is common in coaching. We talk about that. But I think before I really found coaching, I would think of a relationship with other people, yeah, a relationship with a higher power. But a relationship with me, I just sort of thought, well, I guess I have a relationship, but there's nothing I can do about it. It is what it is. It's the way I'm just used to being with me. But tell us more about that. Yeah, because like, well, a lot of us, we don't even realize it's a thing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, when I bring it up with my clients, you're like, what do you mean? Yeah. And I remember thinking the first that at first I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. We're like. Wow. I know. And how do you take care of a relationship right? with yourself? Yeah. And I don't even know how to do that. Right. Yeah, and exactly. so it's kind of like, it's when that's the case, pretty much non-existent, really. It's like that friend that we've never heard from. Or the friend you never see, the friend you, I guess that's what happens if you don't have a relationship with yourself. You're not a very good friend to yourself. Right. You don't want to be with yourself. You don't show up for yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so the idea then of being nicer to yourself for women, like I've found repeatedly with my clients is like, there's resistance to it Mm -hmm. because it feels wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And women tend to feel like, Oh, I'm being selfish. You know, I shouldn't focus on myself. Right. Right. You know, what's interesting is I totally agree with that. And as a speech pathologist, I work in the area of traumatic brain injury. I actually have a lot of male clients And I just have to say, I find the same thing with a lot of my male clients. It it may be a unique thing with women, but I just actually just, I had two male clients prior to recording this and we were talking about this exact thing, trying to explain the idea of being compassionate with yourself, showing up for yourself, being kind for yourself. So 
I think that as humans, yeah, we struggle with it. So I just want to inject that because I know some of my listeners, especially if they are male, don't think that this is not you as well. Right. I know we've well, had many conversations. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I absolutely think that's true because the, on the one hand, the women, like most of us that were, were mothers, were nurturers. We've had our mothers model that for us, like that we put everybody else first, mm-hmm. but the men, like they go out and they're providing and they've mm-hmm. got to like do all these things. And mm-hmm. you can't feel either if you're a guy, like you don't have time for you. Like, yeah. And because you've got to be out there slaying the world yeah. And, yeah. and all that. Exactly. And so totally forget about themselves too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, it's the awareness piece. You need to be aware of what is your relationship with your right. And if you yeah. have, so that, yeah. I think that's the important message there. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, let's get into the line number one, shall we? Mm -hmm, Sounds good. Self-love means we'll become prideful. Mm. Like so many women are like, no, I can't do that. I'm afraid I'll become prideful. And because, so if we believe that self-love means that if we're noticing our talents and, and our strengths, and that we actually start owning them, that that will make us become prideful. And it's simply not true. And you know what? Like all these things that we've, these talents and these strengths and everything, they're God given anyway. I mean, like we can work at something and become more skilled at it, but we were given strengths and everything. And so it's kind of like we're not being appreciative. Like somebody gives you a gift, like they make something for you. And if we don't own it in that, it's like, oh, thanks. And then toss it to the side, Hmm. you know, of not really appreciating who we are and what strengths and talents and characteristics that we have. And so I want women or men, Mm -hmm. right, to be comfortable with is to own what you're good at and that you're worthy of existing Mm-hmm. And that you don't have to act small or justify your worth or your value to anybody. Yeah, that's so important. I love that expression that your worth is in being, not in doing. And Absolutely. I think it's not in doing, it's not in having, it's not in becoming, it's in being. You are you and that means you're worthy. Yeah, yeah. And so many of us run around like thinking that we've got to do Right. to be worthy. And it's like, no, that just in, that just enriches your day. Yeah. Getting stuff done or yeah. like doing things. It just, it's just what you do during your day that can make your life more exciting or interesting or, or not, you know, yeah. but we have needs, interests, desires, and we don't have to justify wanting to enjoy those or do those to anybody mm-hmm. and not even to that mean voice that mean girl voice in our brain. Like I'm mainly talking to women because that's who I coach. But it totally goes with the men as well. Well, I even say to my men, you've got the mean girl voice. (laughs) Uh, Well, that works. That's just because of the movie and using that expression, the mean girls. But yeah, we all have that, whether we call it that inner critic or whatever we want to call it. We have the voice in there that is constantly at us. 
telling us that we're no good. What we do is not good enough. We'll never get better. We're doing this wrong. We're doing that wrong. We all have that voice in us. Yeah. I like to think about like, you're worried about being prideful. What is the definition of that anyway? Mm -hmm. It's a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. The achievements of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. So like, is that bad? Being proud of a quality or a skill. Mm-hmm. Like, is that bad? Yeah. No. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I'll never forget, like, the last NBA playoffs. So I love sports. The Boston Celtics were playing. I can't remember who they were playing. But Jason Tatum was being interviewed after a game. And the reporter, like, he'd had a bad game for almost, like, until in the fourth quarter, like 10 minutes or so, like he came to life and they won the game because he actually started scoring. But before of that, he struggled. And the reporter asked him like, how did you all of a sudden turn on, like get going? And I'm pretty sure this is exactly what he said. He said, I mean this humbly. I am one of the greatest basketball players in the world. That's owning it. Like he was not, I'm one of the best. He's like, he was humble how he said it. He owned it. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to own our things too. Yeah. Yeah. He got a lot of crap for that. People gave him like, oh, you're so arrogant. No, he's just like, this is who I am. Yeah. I'm like an NBA player. Yeah. Yeah. And And who he's been working to be his whole life. Yeah. So owning who you are, owning who you are, being proud of who you are. Yeah. So there's like two types of pride. There's authentic and inauthentic. And authentic is what he did. Mm -hmm. We're characterized by our feelings of accomplishment and confidence. And then inauthentic pride is arrogance Mm -hmm. and conceited. Well, I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the authentic ones. I'm talking about Mm self-acceptance and self-respect and acknowledgement that we matter and that we have talents and things that we're good at, and we contribute to our part of the world. So what are you good at? Notice it. Mm -hmm. And when you do, don't downplay it or minimize it. Yeah. Because we do do that. Oh, we do that all the time. Yeah. So like, Leah, think about it. What gifts and talents do you have? Even just when you said that, I felt myself get uncomfortable with it because I know I'm a good teacher. I love sharing my analogies and stories about the nervous system. But I, Marcy, it feels uncomfortable mm-hmm. me saying this out loud. Yeah. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Because why? Because I feel like I'm being arrogant and conceited yeah. saying, you know what? I will tell you the training I give is one of the best trainings you'll ever find. I cringe when I say that Yeah, because, because I know it is that conditioning, but when it comes down to it, I can line it up and I feel like I have to justify it. Like I've got the education, I have the skills, I have the experience, but what it comes down to is just, there was a part of me that was taught, you need to be humble. You shouldn't be proud. You shouldn't be, but it is kind of owning. This is what I do. This is what I'm passionate about what I do. This is what I'm doing right now. Like it, there's some confidence there and it yeah. like, I kind of like it's humbly confident. 
Yes. I like that. Humbly confident. Yeah. Yeah. Like, am I the best at, no, there's probably tons of people out there who in different ways do things better, but nobody does it the way I do it. I'm right. my own uniqueness to it. Yeah. And for some people that will be the best and other people will have preferences elsewhere, but it is, it's had that humble confidence and uniquely own my individual spin on things. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like I'm good at it. I'm good at nervous system regulation. I'm good at teaching it to others uh, and helping them understand what's going on in their body and how to regulate. I'm good at that. Whatever the thing is, you've been given some gifts. Mm -hmm. So own it. Yes. Thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Line number two. We think that if we love ourselves, we won't see our flaws Mm -hmm. or areas that we can improve. Mm -hmm. I want you to think about who gets to determine what your faults are anyway. Is there some sheriff out there that's going to come around and like nail you for like, this is a fault and that's a fault. Like who gets to determine what they are. Right. This is a good one. I think it's one that I've worked really hard at actually is learning to love and embrace my whole good, bad, Uh what my weaknesses are. And I think, I can't remember when it was several years ago when we were talking about like who does get to determine that. I had been thinking about how we have five children and it's a blended family. So they (laughs) also live in other homes. Mm. And I was always thinking like, well, how is it possible that what one kid really doesn't like about me is what one kid really loves about me. Are they wrong? And then I realized like, you know what? They don't get to determine whether it's a flaw or not a flaw because they have their own preferences. They have their own lens. They have their mm-hmm. own vision. They have like their own motivations. I, their own experiences. Their own experiences, especially coming from different homes. They're bringing right. a lot of different influences. And so I just realized, you know what, I can't be letting other people determine what my strengths are or what my weaknesses are. I Mm -hmm. need to own them. Who do I want to be? And in this case, who do I want to be as a mother? And knowing that, yeah, I've got these strengths, I believe, and I have these weaknesses. But I am this mix because my children need a different mix. Some of them need my strengths. Some of them need my weaknesses. And so stop letting other people define that for me and just owning, you know, my kids are older now. So if one of them comes along and says, I don't like this, or I wouldn't do this with my kids. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You'll have your own things. Right. Mine. There are some things that I regret. There are some things I totally. wish I could go back and change. There are some things that I'm on an ongoing mission to improve. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change my worth. Right. It doesn't diminish the good that I've done as a mother or the damage that I've done. It doesn't change any of that. So owning yeah. it myself. Yeah. And so just because we choose to love ourselves doesn't mean that we won't see things areas where we want to improve. But we also don't need to worry about, oh, I'm going to, I I won't see that I'm selfish or lazy or if I talk too much or I'm not a good mom or a good wife, like whatever it is. Yeah. Like I already know all those we're things. We're still aware that they're there. <laughs> That's right. And I still want to fix them and change them. and But I want to fix them and change them for me and not because I'm going to be more worthy. Yeah. 
And sometimes we get, I like to call it misthinking. Sometimes we get these from our family culture or Mm -hmm. religious cultures. They're just thoughts that are floating around from the outside. They're thought errors. Mm -hmm. And they're just a misunderstanding of like, these are flaws and they're bad. It's a thought error that I want to take care of everyone around me at my own personal expense. Mm -hmm. So many women do that. Notice I said at your own expense, not, not take care of people. That's right. Right. Yeah. Or it's a thought error. Like I think my ideas aren't worth talking about, or it's a thought error. Like I'm not good enough. Yeah. And so let's not accept these thought errors anymore. Right. I do want to keep pointing out though, that we get them because of conditioning or like around us. Yeah. socialization or the cultures that we've been in. And like, I want you to just kind of think about who told you that whatever these flaws that you think you have, who told you that it was even a thing? Did that person who told you of a flaw that you might have see you in a positive light mm. or were they already very critical of you? And they could just be critical anyway of everything. And they just, meh point out all the negative things like, or did you take it on from past experience or did you just Mm. absorb it from society? Mm -hmm. That's critical of pretty much everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't like, think about that. Where these these flaws or things that I think is wrong with me, where did that, where did they even come from? Well, and I always like to ask myself, say if I do know where they came from. I mean, mm-hmm. I think some of them, I, I don't even remember where it came from. Right. So it must have been something socialized when I was younger. But then there are other times, and I have to stop and ask, what was the motivation of the person exactly. who shared this with me? Where are they coming from? I love Brene Brown, where she talks about being in the arena. And she talks about who is in your arena, like who has the ringside seats. I, I look at it. I have certain number of ringside seats and I know who I like putting there. And then there's like the nosebleeds and then there's the people in the middle. And when I am repeating something, I will ask myself, where are they sitting in my arena? And usually if it's a negative, they're not usually ringside. Yeah. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean that when they're ringside that they can't have like constructive support of here's sure. something that I may tenderly want to share with you to help you. But often the ones that ring so loudly are like people sitting in like the nosebleeds who don't really know me or their motivation yeah. is to drag me down or pull me down. I'm like, why do I give them so much credit yeah. when I can just really, if I were to ask the people who were truly ringside, what do you think? Chances are they would be so much more supportive. They'd recognize probably my flaws as well, but they wouldn't be coming at it from unkind motivation. Right. And the goal is like that we want to just know that internally that Mm -hmm. we've got to have that there first. Mm-hmm. and not depend on the ringside people. It's nice to have that support. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we could have it. And if we don't, we won't hear believe it. it yeah. It will, we will deflect. Oh, they're just saying that because they're yeah. my ringside people yeah, or they're my husband. Very or my, true. You know, very so true. 
we are our first cheerleaders. Absolutely. First supporters. Yeah. Yeah. So like, think about someone that you love and respect. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you just think they're awesome. And if they say something that indicates something positive about themselves, mm-hmm. do you immediately worry? Oh my gosh, that must mean they don't see their flaws. <laughs> of course. Right. 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 Yes. yes. You, Good point. Like you yes. only think about that if you're already fixated on their flaws. That's right. Right. So yes. this whole concept of we won't see our flaws accurately. I just want us to question all of that. It's definitely and, true. And yeah. who, like we were talking about who determined where they even came from and yeah. why does it even matter? Yeah. Why do we okay. constantly need to be aware of our flaws every moment? Yeah. Like, yeah. is that helpful? Yeah. No, Very it's true. not, you know, like it's not. And, and so the whole reason we think it's important to be conscious of our flaws all the time is because we've been taught this idea that if we like ourselves, we'll become selfish and prideful. And so if we love ourselves, all we'll think about is ourselves. But like, what if this is wrong? What if this is a lie about Mm self-love? Because it is. It is. You know, it is true. People that are self-loathing are the most self-obsessed. Like people who think unkind thoughts about themselves Think about themselves way more often than people so like themselves. Like, <laughs> think about so it. True. Yeah. Like when we don't feel good about ourselves, we're constantly thinking like, <gasps> we're worried about how we look, what we ate, what we said the other day. Are we a good mom? Do our friends really like us? Do our parents approve of us? When you don't like yourself, you're constantly thinking about yourself and what's wrong with you. Yeah. Very and true. you're filtering every interaction you have with other people through that lens and it either validates you or rejects you Mm. so you're self-obsessed when you dislike yourself and when you don't like yourself you limit yourself love it love it yeah and so when you like yourself you don't think about yourself that much like we'll do self-care things absolutely because part of loving ourselves right mm-hmm. like as we're just like going about our day and interacting and we're not like running it through this filter worried right mm-hmm. and so when we like ourselves we're not like worried about all that and we expand ourselves so we're able to think about others more we are able to appreciate them and their qualities and their strengths because we don't feel threatened by them mm-hmm. yes very and then true. we can be happy for other people's achievements Mm-hmm. And we don't make it mean anything about us. If somebody does great and we like, oh, yeah. well, I suck. We're like, we don't do that. We're like so happy for them. Expands us. Exactly. Then, well, we're in the zone of resilience. We're regulated. And when we're regulated yeah. in the zone of resilience, we can have self-love. We can think of others. We can be more tolerant. We can be more patient. That's where it all happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so if you picture somebody that one of your friends that you really love and you think about them, and you feel love and appreciation towards them, and you think about your friendship or something about them, and then you just kind of move on to something else. Like you don't sit there and pick them apart. Mm-hmm. And when you love yourself, you'll do the same thing. You'll just, you'll maybe think about yourself, and you'll have some warm feelings, and then you'll move on. You move along with your day. You don't obsess about it. It's so much so, easier to see that when you think about when you're dealing with a friend 
because mm-hmm. you'd be like, obviously I wouldn't do that. But when you deal with yourself, oh yeah, guilty. Yeah. And when we don't feel good, we were like a people pleaser. This is actually really manipulative mm-hmm. because we're trying to be a certain way that we're actually not who we really are. That's right. So we're not offended. You know? Yeah. And so that's kind of selfish. Like we should be doing all these other things for everybody else because we want them to like us. And then you're actually just using them to get validation. Right. Or make sure they're not mad at you because then you'd be, you turn around and shame yourself, mm-hmm. which in the end, we're not loving ourselves. It's a right? huge spiral. Right. And so yeah. you're not able to just think about them from a clean space because it's all about you. Right. And wanting to feel good about yourself. Wow. Okay. Lots of stuff in that one. I'll have to go back and re-listen and, and pull yeah. it apart because lots of great stuff in there. Yeah. So when you like yourself, you have more energy to actually care about other people mm-hmm. because they're not just a reflection of you or something you're trying to like manipulate to feel safe. So that sure. this debunks the lie that if you love yourself, you'll become selfish and only think about totally. yourself. It expands right. you. Lie number three, we believe that if we love ourselves, I'll become lazy. Mm. (laughs) And we think that it's bad to like ourselves because it's this weird twisted way that some of us think that in order to be productive, Mm -hmm. we have to scold ourselves Mm -hmm. and be mean so that we'll take action. Yes. I've been guilty of that one before as well. That's right. Yeah. So maybe even myself, then I'm not going to do it. So I have to be a little bit hard on myself to make sure that I get productive. So we may have experienced this where we've been critical and then we found ourselves taking action and it felt like that's the reason why we were productive. So we just continue to believe, oh, this lie, that this is the way to go. Right. And Mm -hmm. so we use the negative self-talk to get, I'll get stuff done. So the lie here is that if I love myself, I'll become lazy and I'll just choose not to be productive. So here's the thing. It actually might work temporarily. Mm. Okay. But it is not sustainable. And that also would fall right into the nervous system. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The negative self-talk limits us and what we're capable of. Mm -hmm. It makes you play small. Mm-hmm. You may find yourself buffering afterwards, like eating or numbing out, watching Netflix or social media, like mm-hmm. because you use this critical method, the mean girl voice to drive you to take action. And then, you know, that then because the message that is really being portrayed is I'm not worthy. I'm right. not good enough. And so I've coached so many women that believe, like we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. that their to-do list is what validates the doers, right? Mm -hmm. That makes them worthy and all that. It's the being, like you said. So that it's just another lie. When we cross off those items on our list, it just enriches our experience for the day or our life. It doesn't make you a better person. And this goes for men, like their jobs do not define them. Mm -hmm. It's just a a role, a title that they might have. Mm -hmm. They are who they are, right? Yeah. And so we accomplish things because we want to. That's an important message to be. The reason why we do things is not to prove our worthiness. 
we do it because it's enjoyable. We want to, it's fun. We want to grow. We want to do different things Mm -hmm. because we're going to be better when we have accomplished them. Yeah. So being like mean and scolding yourself so that you get things done in quotes, Mm -hmm. it holds you back and it limits you. And I like to think the analogy of a boat and mm-hmm. you're trying to go out on the lake, but you can't because you're still tied up to the dock. <laughs> and it's like, hey, uh, you're in the boat and you're not going very far. Hopefully most people that are listening have heard about Lake Powell. We go down, they have a houseboat, the houseboat's docked in the water and they don't ever untie the houseboat. <laughs> they just stay tied up to the dock and I'm like, yep, they're there. They're at Powell. Yeah. But, oh my gosh. There's so much to see and explore at Powell when you untie from the dock and you go exploring. And so that's, what's been true for me in my life. When I did the work on myself and I changed the way I talked to myself mm-hmm. and my perspective about myself, the ripple effect mm-hmm. that I put out into the world got bigger and my capacity to accomplish things got much bigger. I actually believed that I could start my own business. Mm-hmm. and succeed who would thunk right <laughs> That's I, got, I could get clients and coach them and help them and have like amazing transformations and then oh my gosh have the audacity to like think that I could be one of Jody Moore coaches and then I'm like oh yeah and then I'm gonna be really vulnerable and put my voice out there and start a podcast and put stuff on social media like no way would I have ever happened with the negative self-talk that I used to have. And negative self-talk really, really keeps you small and keeps your world very small and your reach very small because really the only people you're reaching, it's you and it's negative. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, we're still tied up to the dock. Mm -hmm. I love that analogy. There's a whole world out there to explore when you engage in self-love. And there's so much of us to contribute to mm-hmm. the world, because like you said earlier, we're all unique. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want for anybody listening is you're unique and the world needs you. Mm-hmm. You're needed to share what you have, your strengths, your gifts, your talents. I've seen so many amazing transformations with my clients of how they've changed the way they view themselves and talk. Like I just mentioned what happened with me, but like they've untied their boat and they've yes, set yeah. sail. And they learn all the things that we've been talking about, like how to manage their brain and actually love and see themselves and value themselves and to let go of the lies about Mm -hmm. self-love. It's not prideful or selfish, but it's a lifelong process. Yeah. Let me just add this one thing because we could get confused with this. With any relationship, Mm -hmm. how you feel about yourself can go up and down. Depending on what your circumstance is mm-hmm. and how you're interpreting it. Mm-hmm. Very okay. True. So don't yeah. get confused about that. Like sometimes we can feel great, and other times, because of what we're going through, we might dip down mm-hmm. and you're going to experience happiness and sadness and all of it. And so when you do, our relationships can fluctuate. Yeah. The resilience is all about the ups and downs. 
So we want to have a resilient relationship with ourselves. We want to have a resilient relationship with self-love, which means that at times it's going to feel bigger and at times it's going to be smaller. So it's just allowing self-love is allowing yourself to have them, have those human experiences and love yourself through them. Doesn't mean that you'll never feel insecure again. It means that you'll see yourself differently mm-hmm. when you do, but you won't feel it as much as you did before. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I know you have your own podcast as well. So can you share with people how they can find you and work with you because yeah. they want more self-love? You're the coach. Yeah. So my podcast is called the Courageous and Confident Christian Mom Podcast. And my website is marciowen.com. So M-A-R-C-I-O-W-E-N.com. And then I'm on Instagram at marcy.owencoaching. I love it. Thank you so much, Marcy, for coming on and sharing with us your wisdom all about self-love. I know I definitely took some nuggets and I'm glad to know it is a journey that even though there's lots of areas that I still want to work on, I'm good the way I am as well. Yeah. Just work on loving myself all the way through it all. Yeah. And also I have a free video series. If anybody want, like if we could put the link in there for him, overcoming negative self-talk and cultivating self-love. Perfect. I would love to just put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks for being here, Mercy. Thanks for having me here. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.